really the idea is to sit down with people and unpack what it is that they did to become successful. And I think the common theme that I've noticed, at least from my recent guests, Lombardi and as well as Coach Musselman and Pat Williams, is the constant desire to continue to learn, to not pigeonhole yourself to whatever your business is. Do you want to learn effective ways to build relationships, generate sales, and grow your business from successful entrepreneurs, startups, and CEOs without listening to a long, long, long interview? If so, you've come to the right place. Gresham Harkness values your time and is ready to share with you precisely the information you're in search of. This is the I Am CEO Podcast. Hello, hello, hello. This is Gresh from the I Am CEO Podcast, and I appreciate you listening to this episode. If you've been listening this year, you know that we hit 1,600 episodes at the beginning of this year. We're doing something a little bit different where we are repurposing our favorite episodes around certain categories, topics, or as I like to call them, business pillars that we think are going to be extremely impactful for CEOs, entrepreneurs, and business owners, and what I like to call the CB Nation architects who are looking to level up their organizations. This month, we are focused on technology, we're a technology company that does dot, dot, dot. Technology is no longer an afterthought or something that you might do. It is actually a core part of your business. If you are a real estate investor, you're using it. If you're a financial firm, if you're a cleaning company, author, speaker, you are using technology. If you are in any business, you are using technology. And if you're not, then you're probably going to be disrupted by an organization that is. So this month, we are going to look into repurposing episodes that are around technology, whether that be firms or organizations that are actually using and investing in technology as a core part of their products and services, or potentially those individuals that are using and leveraging CEO hacks and CEO nuggets that center around technology and sharing ways that we can leverage it as well. Remember that you are a technology company that does dot, dot, dot. Sit back and enjoy this special episode of the I Am CEO podcast. Hello, hello, hello. This is Gresh from the I Am CEO podcast, and I have a very special guest on the show today. I have Michael Elkins of MLE Law. Michael, it's awesome to have you on the show. Thanks for having me today. No problem. Super excited to have you on. And what I want to do is just read a little bit more about Michael so you can hear about all the awesome things that he's doing. And Michael is an 18-year trial lawyer who's the founder of MLE Law, a full-service labor and employment business law firm that uses modern technology to give businesses, individuals, and municipalities a legal experience that is efficient, transparent, and price predictable. Michael is also the founder and host of Game 7, the sports, business, and lifestyle podcast. On his podcast, Michael explores the psychology of what makes people successful in sports, business, and life. And some of Michael's guests have include 30-year 30-year NFL front office veteran, Michael Lombardi, Arkansas Razorback head coach, head basketball coach, Eric Musselman, Orlando Magic co-founder, speaker, and author, Pat Williams, and NFL super agent, Brett, Brett Tussle. Michael, are you ready to speak to the IMCO community? I am looking forward to it. Awesome. Let's do it. So I wanted to kick everything off to hear a little bit more about what I call your CEO story. What led you to get started with your business and of course your podcast? Well, I think at least it started with the podcast. Just as a litigation attorney, I was working at a law firm and the legal industry generally is pretty far behind when it comes to modern marketing mm-hmm. and exploring sort of new trends. So I just had an epiphany that it might be a good idea to try to get ahead of that a little bit as a lawyer at least. So I started doing the podcast as really just an outlet to talk about sports initially and explore avenues for putting myself out there. One thing led to another, and my 
prior law firm and made some business decisions that didn't quite align with what I wanted to do going forward, both financially and also from a marketing and social media PR perspective. Again, keeping in mind, the lawyers tend to shy away from modern types of ways to market. So I already had the podcast out there for a little bit. I thought it was an opportune time to then leave the law and go ahead and uh, start my own and try to do things a little bit differently. Well, awesome. So I, I know we delved down a little bit and I talked a little bit more about the, the podcast and everything that you're doing with your business. Can you talk, t- take us through a little bit more of like what we can expect on the podcast and some of the people that you work with in your business as well? Uh, in terms of the podcast, I'm always looking for individuals who are successful but are crossing that intersection between sports and business. It could be anybody from like a front office person, like a Michael Lombardi, to players who may have crossed into the business world from being an athlete and then moving forward, of course. So we're working on a number of guests coming up in the very near future. But really, the idea is to sit down with people and unpack what it is that they did to become successful. And I think the common theme that I've noticed, at least from my recent guest, Lombardi, and as well as Coach Musselman and Pat Williams, is the constant desire to continue to learn, to not pigeonhole yourself to whatever your business is. And so certainly taking from that, I've been able to expand my horizons from not just being a lawyer, but continuing to learn about different topics. In terms of my business, I practice labor and employment law as I'm an 18-year litigation attorney. So I, I try cases. That's pretty much what I do. So always working with local businesses, some national clients as well, and even individuals to help solve their problems, hopefully before litigation. But if, if it gets down that road, I'm certainly not afraid to be in the courtroom. Makes perfect sense. If you have that kind of same makeup, there's definitely some overlaps in that. Yeah. I, like I think in business, right, it takes a lot of discipline, dedication. You have to be like a racehorse, right, and put the blinders mm-hmm. on a lot of times to go forward. And sure, that, that crosses over with the athlete 100%. You can be talented, but if you're not dedicated and you're not disciplined, and we've seen that a million times, that, that talent will only go so far. And the flip side of that, Maybe you're not as talented, but if you are dedicated, disciplined, take to your coaching and work on your craft, and that would apply in business too, you can go a lot farther than the person that just rests on their law. I see that even in lawyering. I've seen some really talented lawyers who are just horrifically disciplined and unfocused, and it hurts them, whereas seeing some people maybe with a little less from a scholarly standpoint, but very disciplined, dedicated, and focused, and they tend to come out ahead. So I think you've got a really clear overlap there, for sure. Yeah, it's funny. It's one of the things that I always say that I wish I, I can I can tell myself that is to understand that because I think a lot of times when you hear the story of the athlete, you think that athlete that is the made to, to the top of their their craft, whether it be a, a head coach or a front office executive or an or an athlete that's actually on the court. You think a lot of times they've always been the best, but sometimes in a lot of cases, really, they've been consistent. They put in a lot of hard work, but they've a lot of times not been the most talented or the most intelligent those people just didn't have those same kind of consistent actions and, and ways they approached life and business and all the aspects of being great at their craft. Yeah, I look, that's a really good point. We really don't need to look any further than a guy like Bill Belichick. Mm-hmm. Right now, everybody still thinks of Belichick for the greatest ever or arguably the greatest ever, but it wasn't always that way for, for Belichick. He got fired from his first head coaching job, mm-hmm. had to toil around again for another, I think, five or six years before he was hired in New England and was on the verge of getting fired in New England. <laughs> so now no one would dare question Belichick, but 
you want to talk about dedication, staying the course, staying with your method, staying with how you do things, understanding that your culture, your system is going to work. That's a perfect example of that. And I think a lot of people don't do that. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's, that's so, so funny about what's happening in New England. Not only do you have Belichick, but you can go a little bit farther, not even too far, I should say, and look at the, the guy named Tom Brady, who's, who's done pretty good, okay, yeah. from being a, a pretty late round pick and undervalued and underappreciated. And that's, again, he had to battle for a starting job at Michigan. They didn't even want yeah. him to start. <laughs> yeah. He gets, he's, one, he's picked number 199. He gets to New England and he's behind the at, at the time franchise quarterback, Drew Bledsoe, who had just signed a 10 year, 100 and something million dollar deal. Yeah. And Brady just kept working and even a lot of people think brady just became a superstar they did win that first super bowl that's true but the next season they didn't make the playoffs they went nine and seven 2002 a lot of people forget that it's lost in history mm-hmm. and there were questions about having traded Bledsoe for brady but he stayed the course kept believed in what he was doing believed in himself and then obviously the rest is history but very easily could have given up easily could have fought the system but didn't so to his coaching and now he is where he is <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it makes so much sense, and I, I find I, at least when I read about or hear about the the, the Tom Brady's, Belichick's, the Michael Jordans, and the people, the, the really great athletes of the world, they have like this chip on their shoulder, so to speak. Where even yeah. if at that, even at that level, that's what makes them so special. Is that even at that level, even when nobody's talking trash about them, they are able to manufacture trash <laughs> so that they can continue <laughs> to kind of keep that edge. But I yeah. know that's definitely a lot of I, I see like successful aspects of it, or their secret sauce, I guess you can say. But I wanted to, I guess, ask you, what would you say your secret sauce is? What do you feel kind of sets you apart and makes you unique? And that could be for you, or it could also be for your podcast, your business. But what do you feel kind of gives you that edge? Yeah. Well, I think there's two things. One is the, the kind of the chip. Certainly that when I started a podcast, a lot of people snickered at that when it first started. And I get that to a certain degree. And I also thought to myself, if people are going to snicker, those are just people who aren't afraid to do things. So I'm just going to keep doing what I need to do. And then when I started this law firm and I have a very different approach to the business of law, I think there were a lot of people that say that's not going to work. You can't rely on social media when you're a lawyer that doesn't apply to this industry, which is just, which is hilarious because all of the industries that have been disrupted, they all, all of the people that were there before said, oh, that, that won't apply to our industry. So there's a certain, there's a certain amount of like, yeah, okay, keep telling me that because it's just going to keep me going. But I would say the other part is the opposite of that. It's the ability to ignore the noise and focus really on what I can control, which ultimately boils down to my own choices and then my reaction to the things around me. I think, I think if I was solely fueled by, I'm going to prove A, B, and C wrong, eventually that would wear out. And I think I would burn out or plateau or it wouldn't be as exciting. So I'm really conscious that to make sure that I'm just driven by what I believe in ultimately and put those blinders on, focus on what I control and worry only about my reactions to the externals. But otherwise, if I don't control it, I try not to let it in and I try to make sure that what I'm doing is based on what I believe in because it's something I love, enjoy, and passionate about, however you want to describe that. It's kind of a combination of all those things. Absolutely. No, that makes so much sense. And so I wanted to switch gears a little bit and I wanted to ask you for what I call a CEO hack. So this could be an Apple book or a habit that you have, but what's something that makes you more effective and efficient? Yeah, I think for my habit is really to focus on a singular thing at one time. We hear a lot about multitasking 
And I know a lot of people that are really into that. I am not into that. Absolutely. That, that makes so much sense. So now I wanted to ask you for what I call a CEO nugget. And this is a word of wisdom or a piece of advice. Or if you can hop into a time machine, what would you tell your younger business self? It, I mean, it's a cliche, but it's true. I would tell my younger self to ignore the noise. Absolutely. Yeah. So what I wanted to ask you my absolute favorite question, which is the definition of what it means to be a CEO. And we're hoping to have different quote unquote CEOs on this show. So Michael, what does being a CEO yeah. mean to you? I think, I think for being a CEO, your job really is to, to promote and enforce culture. That's, that's the most important thing, the way I see it. You got to let people perform their individualized jobs, their individualized tasks. Your job is to deal with the culture support people when things aren't right, take the hits. I think the CEO has to be the one on the front line that takes the hits when things go bad and then steps back and lets everyone else take the glory when things go well. That's a leader, that's a CEO, and that's how you build positive culture. Absolutely. Yeah. And definitely the culture is everything because I think a lot of times when you're there working with somebody side by side, they can sometimes understand like that culture or how you might want things. But I think the important thing is to be able to have it so that when you're not there, when you're not looking over what every person is doing at every second of of the day that you still are able to have that culture and you have the right people that also want to to showcase and, and extend that culture out as well too. So I think yeah. you're absolutely right. I, I learned that just by interacting with individuals like Michael Lombardi. I mean, that I learned that from him who, and he learned that from Belichick. He worked with Belichick for, for decades. And I mean, if you look at Belichick, they win it's the players and when they lose, it's the coach's fault. So it's mm-hmm. an interesting thing. And, and that, and that when he and Lombardi said that it made so much sense to me that that's what your job is to do is to really promulgate culture, keep, culture going because you get people to do the different jobs they're out there it's just the the world's full of tons of people who are skilled in so many different things but the culture the tone has to be set from the top absolutely yeah and i and i always say success leaves clues so a lot of times you you want to you want to look at those things and those people that have been able to be successful as you've been covering on your podcast or all those phenomenal people what they do to be successful we can definitely implement that in our businesses and our lives as well so I appreciate Definitely. that. And I appreciate your, your time even more, Michael. What I want to do is pass you the mic just to see if there's anything additional you want to let our readers and listeners know. And then, of course, how best they can get all of you, find out about your firm, yeah. and then also subscribe to your podcast and, and hear about all the awesome things you're working on. Yeah, I'll, I'll just direct everybody to the varied channels that you can find me, whether it's to learn about the podcast or my law firm. Everything housed at my law firm's website, which is www mlelawfirm.com. You can follow me on Twitter, which is at Melkins31175 and Instagram, which is at Melkins, the number one, so at Melkins1. And then myself and the law firm are both on LinkedIn and Facebook. So Michael Elkins, you can find me there as well as MLE Law. Awesome. 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 We will make sure to have all those links and information in the show notes as well, too, so that everybody can follow up with you. But Michael, appreciate you again. Appreciate all the awesome things you're working on in your time today. Thank you. And I hope you have a great rest of the day. No problem. Thank you for listening to the I Am CEO podcast powered by Blue 16 Media. Tune in next time and visit us at imceo.co. I Am CEO is not just a phrase, it's a community. Be sure to follow us on social media and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and everywhere you listen to podcasts. Subscribe and leave us a five-star rating. 
Grab CEO Gear at www.ceogear.co. This has been the I Am CEO Podcast with Gresham Harkless. Thank you for listening.